It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. It is draft day, November 18th, 2020. My name is Will Bross, and I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, it is draft day. I'll provide my closing shots, my final words before the NBA draft, the beginning of the offseason, not the beginning of the new season of Locked On Magic. This is still season four of Locked On Magic, season five coming on Friday when the new calendar year begins. So get excited for that. There won't be any changes, but but it's, 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 it's something for me. I'll have my final thoughts before the NBA draft coming up at the end of the show. But first, we'll talk about James Ennis's decision to opt out of his contract and the hole that leaves the Orlando Magic, what that might mean for the Magic and their offseason, as well as the new season format for the NBA's 2020-2021 season. Before we do any of that, though, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find with a local expert that knows your team best. Whoever the Magic trade with or don't trade with, whoever your favorite player gets picked by, go search your local expert for the lowdown on how that player will fit with their new team, what it means, and all the rest. The local experts are your best resource to get this draft covered. There are so many great podcasts. Plus, we've got our national podcast, Locked on NBA, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show. They'll all have the NBA draft covered. Plus, our live Locked on NBA draft show over on Locked on Live. Search for Locked on Live on, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch for the live show during the NBA draft. Your perfect second screen experience. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Before we dive into the NBA draft and everything entailed in that, We've got news about the 2021 season. Remember that? It's not so far away. December 22nd, just one month away, or a little bit more than a month away. But the NBA season is going to come very, very quickly. Um, Shams Charania of the, of the Athletic actually reporting that the NBA is going to allow teams to begin group workouts, not training camp, but group workouts on December 1st, provided players test negative for the coronavirus in three consecutive days prior to the beginning of those group workouts. So we are going to... So players are going to be able to start getting some work in together. Um, that's important for maybe getting some pickup games going and some runs going. Um, kind of get back into basketball shape uh, before the beginning of training camp. It's, I, I didn't read or see if coaches will be allowed to work with, with players then and kind of have those mini camps that, that Steve Clifford likes to have. But obviously we're very, very close to the beginning of the season. December 1st is not that far away. Free agency, of course, starts this weekend. So a lot of things happening. But 
The 2021 season is starting December 22nd, whether we want it to or not. Um, and the NBA has been fairly quiet about what that's actually going to look like. Well, wonder no more. While we don't yet have a schedule, they said the schedule will be out uh, by the beginning, around the beginning of training camp, so probably looking at early to mid-December. Probably, I would say December 8th-ish would probably be a, a good, good target date for the schedule to come out. Um, but the NBA did set the format for the schedule. Very, very important. It will be a 72-game season beginning on December 22nd with the first 36 games coming in that schedule release that's coming uh, in early December. The schedule will be released in two phases. The first phase will uh, carry us through March 4th, I believe. Um, The first 36 games. Then there will be a one-week All-Star break. Quote-unquote All-Star break. There is no All-Star game this year. And then the final wave of games, which will include any games that need to be made up because of COVID-19, will come at the end, come at the end there, starting on March 12th. Uh, and then we will go to the playoffs. The schedule for I'll, I'll get into how the schedule is made up here in a sec. But the interesting part: the NBA owners and presumably the players then agreed to an expansion and the re-inclusion for the second straight year. We will have play-in series. And the play-in series this year is going to work very differently than what it did last during the bubble. During the bubble, if the ninth-place team was within four games of the eighth-place team, uh, then they went to a sort of best-of-three series where the eighth-place team had a 1-0 advantage. It's a very, very big advantage. This is going to be different. This is actually going to track closer to the original idea that a lot of people had for a play-in series. In the play-in series, the seventh and eighth seed will be determined by a play-in. The 7th place team will face the 8th place team, with the winner getting the 7th seed in the, in each conference's respective playoff tournaments. The 8th place team, or the loser of the 7-8 game, then goes to a single elimination game against the winner of the 9-10 game. The ninth place team will face the 10th place team, the winner of that game facing the loser of the 7-8 game in a single elimination game to determine who gets the 8th seed. From a basketball fan perspective, this is really exciting. As much as people thought it was a little gimmicky, and as much as we certainly sat here and said the Magic had earned the eight seed, the rules said that there wasn't going to be some silly play, and we get that there needs to be some carrot for those teams trying to chase down the eight seed, but the Magic had earned the eight seed, and they needed every advantage to get back into the playoffs. And certainly the Magic made the eight seed and didn't even have to go to a playing game. They, they blew the Washington Wizards out of the water. They finished seven and a half games ahead of the Wizards for that final playoff spot. As much as we said that, now the rules are very, very different. Now everyone that finishes 7th and 8th understands that this is what's going to happen. But this is a great thing for basketball fans because that that play-in series game between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers was fantastic. Give me single elimination basketball. Give me NBA players facing Game 7 pressure as much as possible. That was one of the more fun things about the bubble was how the Phoenix Suns were playing Game 7s every single night. How Portland had to win every single night. And when it came down to an actual playoff elimination game, we got the best that the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers could give us. It was fantastic theater. Uh, I'm sure among, at least compared to other games that, that were played in the bubble, the ratings for that on that Saturday afternoon were fantastic. Um, if they weren't, they should have been because it was a fantastic game. Uh, and obviously the idea worked. There was something there. So expanding it out to this, you know, certainly the pressure is going to be there. It's going to feel like playoff basketball. 
as a basketball fan, this honestly, the seven and eight seeds in, in the playoffs are extremely inconsequential. The number of upsets of a seven over two, you could probably count on one hand, um, if not two hands. Uh, the upsets of an eight over one, you can certainly count on one hand. It does not happen. I'm a big proponent of giving players as much real game experience as you can. Typically, teams that finish in seven eighth are teams either on their way out or teams on the rise. Remember, the, the 2007 Magic made the playoffs as an eight seed, got swept by the Detroit Pistons, but that lesson was extremely valuable to them. They went out and won the Southeast Division in 2008, and the rest was pretty much history. Giving these players, you know, giving John Morant the chance, you know, and again, Memphis probably should have been in the playoffs anyway, but giving John Morant the chance to experience playoff pressure in whatever way that he can it's going to be very, very valuable for the Grizzlies. I mean, I think certainly we can consider the Grizzlies, again, favorites or at least contenders to make the playoffs once again. You want to give players a playoff experience and you want to give them a chance to succeed and win in the playoffs. I mean, let's think of it this way. Let's say the Atlanta Hawks, if you're from the NBA's perspective at least, let's say the Atlanta Hawks make this play-in series. Trey Young will be playing in his first playoffs and he'll have the chance to win. And you'll have the chance to play his way in, even if the Hawks don't finish in the top eight. You can see how sneaky the NBA can be here. But as a fan, this is exciting. These games were fant- were really good. And, and even though these are teams that are kind of middling in the NBA, they can produce some extremely entertaining basketball. From a Magic perspective, this is a double-edged sword, however. The Magic, obviously, are the owners of the eight seed. Um, everyone is fighting to take that from them. And this obviously means that if the Magic, if the standings finish exactly how they did last year, the Magic have something to defend. Something that they wouldn't have otherwise had to defend. Now, granted, the Magic would face the Brooklyn Nets, the seven seed, for a chance to win the seven seed uh, and, and, and move on from there. Um, you know, they'd essentially be fighting for home court advantage uh, in this play-in series. But overall, you know, overall... The Magic would have put a, a lot on the line. They put a lot on the line inside the bubble. Um, you know, they put their entire season on the line over those eight games. Um, and obviously, they were able to come out on top in the end. But this also creates a larger margin of error for the Magic. I know I get killed for this, but the Magic want to make the playoffs. The Magic want their players to play meaningful games as late into the season as they can. They believe that young players grow best when they're playing these meaningful games, when what they're doing, the work that they're doing has purpose and has a goal that they can achieve. Because don't forget, you still got to show up to your job. And it's, you know, having watched some of those bad Magic teams, it's tough to show up to your job when the result is really meaningless. You teach professionalism, you teach focus, you teach good habits by being in these meaningful games. And now that margin for error is a lot smaller. I've seen a lot of fans, and again, whatever, I've seen a lot of fans who don't believe that this Magic team can get back to the playoffs next year without Jonathan Isaac, and I am vehement. Honestly, I still think this team could finish 7th or 8th in the Eastern Conference. Maybe not 7th, but I think this is this could be a straight-up playoff team regardless of this play-in series, um, even without Jonathan Isaac. I think they are that good. I think certainly they're they're due to, to bounce back a little bit from last year's poor, poor season, but uh, this is a very playoff-capable team. There are a lot of teams, though, nipping at their heels. The Atlanta Hawks are probably the most prominent. Trey Young had a breakout season last year. The Hawks went out and got Clint Capella. They plan, it seems, to be aggressive in the trade market. They have cap room to absorb bigger contracts. We've already seen them connected to Buddy Heald and Gordon Hayward through some rumors. Um, the Hawks are going to be players. Um, you know, I, I am 
Still skeptical of Atlanta in a lot of ways. The Hawks are not a good defensive team, and they actually finished with the worst offense in the Magic last year. They were actually a worse three-point shooting team than the Magic last year. But Trey Young is a star, and star power does rule the day in this league. The Chicago Bulls are probably not too far behind uh, with Zach Levine, a, a dominant scorer. They were actually a better defense than the Orlando Magic last year. Um, very quietly, a, a pretty solid defensive team under Jim Boylan, who you know, a lot of people thought that the Bulls kind of tuned out and didn't listen to very much. Well, now they have a very good coach in Billy Donovan. So I do expect the Bulls to get a lot better. The Wizards should get better with John Wall healthy. Um, the Charlotte Hornets are plucky, and, and I would not count them out. And frankly, they're, they're just not a lot of teams uh, in the top of the East that look like they're going to fall fall out. It looks like there are seven very comfortable playoff teams in the Eastern Conference as things stand. The only one I'd be really worried about is Indiana. Uh, Indiana might fall out depending on what happens with Victor Oladipo. But regardless, you're looking at Orlando, Atlanta, Indiana, um, Charlotte, Chicago. That's five teams for four spots in this play-in series. Uh, we do expect Brooklyn to, to kind of rise to the top of the heap here. That's five teams going for four spots, so someone's actually not going to make it. Sorry, Knicks. Sorry, Cavs. Um, I, I, sorry, Pistons. I, I, don't, I don't think you're quite there yet. But again, they could be too. It's, it's obviously, things can change very, very quickly. But if Orlando isn't going to be as good as they were last year because Jonathan Isaac's out, the Magic don't have to be anymore. They just have to get into 10th place to make the playoffs, to get that experience, to get that opportunity to get into the field. So the margin for error for the Magic is much smaller. Now, will this affect what the Magic do this offseason? Will this affect what they do? No, I don't think it will at all. I think the Magic's offseason goals are so long-term goals. They're looking to make the team better in the long run. They're not focused on, you know, they want to make the team better in the long run without sacrificing the 2021 season, without sacrificing the opportunity to make the playoffs, which, you know, again, this thing was not made up at the last second. Everyone knew this was coming and that it was likely to pass. Um, you know, again, there was a unanimous vote from the Board of Governors. Adam Silver was not bringing something to the Board of Governors without knowing it was going to pass unanimously. Uh, so, you know, this is something that everybody knew was coming. And so I'm sure it's baked into the Magic's plans for the offseason uh, of this play-in series and, and exactly what they can do and maybe how far of a step back they might be willing to take knowing that they can still play meaningful games deeper into the season because of the play-in series, because of this opportunity that will be in front of them. Um, I, honestly, I think that this thing might be the biggest um, the biggest um, thing that will keep teams from tanking, especially in the Western Conference. Um, everyone will have a chance here. So... I do think that this helps the Magic significantly. I do think that this means the Magic will have something to play for. They don't have to be as good um, as they were last year, but obviously staying in this playing series is not the goal at the end of the day. Um, the Magic want to get better, and, and, and I think, again, that's, that's the bigger focus of the offseason. As far as the schedule goes, the way the schedule is going to work is each team will play intra-conference teams, so Eastern Conference teams will play Eastern Conference teams, at least three, or at least three times, or they, they will play them all three times, um, and each Western Conference team will reach opposite conference team twice. So normal twice there. The Southeast Division, so Orlando, Miami, Charlotte, Atlanta, uh, and uh, Washington, will all play the Atlantic Division twice on the road and once at home. So yes, Orlando will go to Brooklyn to New York. Uh, to Toronto, to Boston, twice. The Central Division teams will all come to the uh, to the Southeast Division teams 
twice. So the Magic get two home games against Chicago, Detroit, Milwaukee, uh, Cleveland, and Indiana. So again, that's a little bit of a mixed bag. You lose some home games against... You only get one home game with the Nets, for instance, uh, which, you know, I, I, I think the Central Division is the weaker of the two conferences, so maybe that means more wins for the Magic. Um, you know, you can certainly say what you want about that, of you know, Magic going up to New York twice. Um, but here's the real kicker. Within each division, you only play... Uh, you get two home games against two randomly selected teams and one one home game against the other two. Orlando will play Charlotte and... Uh, I'm sorry. Orlando will play Washington and Atlanta, I believe, in the Amway Center twice. Uh, and they will travel to Miami and Charlotte twice. So Orlando, actually, I think this is advantageous. Orlando gets its two chief competitors for the eighth, eighth seed or for, or for one of those spots in the play-in tournament in their building twice. The Southeast Division has a lot of these teams that are going to be fighting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff hunt. Say what you want about that. Obviously, we don't know what the season looks like quite yet, so that's just something to log in your memory banks. But at least we have the stage set. At least we know what the stage looks like. Still to come today, though, our our final words before the NBA draft. But first, we'll talk a little bit about James Ennis and his decision to opt out of his player option, what that means for the Magic moving forward. But first, the NBA draft is finally here. It is draft day. And the Lockdown Podcast Network has the live draft coverage this year on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at Lockdown Live. It's going to be the only place you can find Chad Ford, the GOAT of draft analysis, on the night of the draft. Join Chad Ford, Brad Rowland of Lockdown Hawks, and David Locke for the most in-depth coverage of the NBA draft featuring analysis from Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated, as well as fellow Lockdown hosts. Lockdown hosts will be going on to discuss their team's picks and break it all down for you on the show. Check out Locked On Live wherever you, uh, check out Locked On Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Make sure you're following Locked On Live uh, there and get alerts as soon as they go live. The draft, uh, I believe, starts at seven. The broadcast at least starts, I believe, at seven thirty. Um, picks will be coming in hopefully around seven forty-five, eight o'clock. Magic are probably expected to pick around nine fifteen, nine thirty at the fifteenth pick. Um, but but be sure to have the Locked On Live set up on your laptop, on your computer, as your second screen experience as you watch the draft live. It's the best analysis of the draft you can find anywhere only from the Locked On Podcast Network. Getting through the draft, though, is a big deal. It is hard to do. It's like working out. Everyone's sweating. It's hard. So get the best-tasting protein bar you will ever have. Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious, coming in 18 amazing flavors and flavors that you actually want to eat, like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, raspberry. That one's not for me. German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, all the flavors that you absolutely love. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for keto diets. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So if you use the code before, you can now use it again. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One more piece of news to get to as uh, as we get ready for the NBA draft. I'll have some final parting thoughts on the NBA draft before we dive into the abyss that is this offseason. But another piece of the puzzle did fall into place. Sham Sharania of The Athletic reporting that James Ennis will decline his player option and become an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Ennis uh, with about a $2 million player option. Uh, so not a huge amount, but still a big piece of the puzzle. The Atlanta Magic, of course, acquired James Ennis at the trade deadline, kind of a last-minute thing just to shore up their front court depth uh, with, with Jonathan Isaac out. They, they really never found a good solution at small forward without, before they acquired Ennis. Um, they tried Aaron Gordon there with Ken Burch at power forward. They tried Wessel Wundu there, and, and nothing really seemed to be working. Uh, and then they got Ennis, and Ennis was able to fill the role admirably. He wasn't a big impactor. He averaged about eight points per game. Um, you know, shot... You know, didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but you know, was enough of a threat uh, from the outside that 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 he was able to kind of get everyone in the right spot. Um, and that's really all it was. Uh, it was a move that the Magic got a serviceable defensive player to play small forward to start at small forward and put Aaron Gordon in the right role. It was you know maybe a 50-50, maybe a forty-sixty shot that that Ennis would say it's not entirely surprising that he opted out. But even though Ennis's production was relatively small, and even though his salary is relatively small, he played a huge role for the Orlando Magic. And no matter how we want to slice it, the Magic just saw a starter go into free agency. This does not mean that James Ennis is gone. This does not mean that the Magic cannot re-sign James Ennis. They absolutely can. They have, I believe, his early bird rights, so they can only go a certain percentage over his current salary to retain him but they can still retain him. It's the same way that they can retain Michael Carter-Williams even though they are over the cap. You do have some bird rights, but not full bird rights. If you had full bird rights, you could spend unlimited amounts on him to, uh, even though you're over the cap. Um, the Magic will not have that. So the Magic are ostensibly looking for a starting small forward, someone that can replace at least what Ennis did for this team. Maybe it's already on the roster. Maybe they're confident in Alfred Camini or Chuma Ogiki. Or they're willing to draft someone that can that they feel can sit can come in and fill that role. But regardless of that, it this does mean that the Magic need to find a small four, at least someone that can fill the gap and and, and kind of fill that role. Um, maybe it is Evan Forney. Maybe they slide someone in at shooting guard. Um, is someone that can fill that role. I find it because I do think the Magic are trying to make the playoffs. I find it unlikely that they will gift that to a rookie. Um, I find it unlikely that they will trust that Al Aminu and Chumo Kiki will make it through this entire season. I think both will be a little bit managed, especially early on in the season. Um, and so, this is a, you know, yes, I know Ennis' stats are relatively meager, and, and, and obviously he's kind of a, a serviceable replacement player, but this is a big deal. Because now the Magic have to spend some of their limited capital and limited resources to retaining him. Again, that's that's a big deal. The Magic have to spend some money now to fill that position, to at least get someone as productive as James Ennis. Now, that could be solved very quickly. They could do that through trade. Again, they could draft someone. They could sign someone in free agency. There's a few shooting guards and small forwards that I have my eye on that I think could fill that role pretty well. But regardless, that's what the Magic now have to do. Ennis, again, serviceable player. Not uh, not going to make a huge impact. But he did make a big impact for this team. He did matter to this team. And so the Magic are going to have to find someone to fill that role. They're going to have to find someone 
that can support them and help them fill that role. And I don't think that's necessarily so easy. This is a big gap that they have to fill. A starter is not easy to find. At least a quality starter if the Magic want to remain a playoff team. Obviously, the Magic's preferred starting small forward is on the shelf with an injury. We don't really know what Chumo Kiki is yet. So maybe it's already there. Maybe they already have it on the roster. But more than likely, the Magic will be hunting for a small forward one way or another. Someone that can fill that position uh, for a team that hopes to make the playoffs. Time for my final thoughts on the draft after this brief message. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, draft night is here. It's a night where everyone looks to the te- looks to the team's future and believes in what's possible. Believes in the best version of the team or believes in what possibilities lay ahead of them. It's a lot of work. It's, it's not easy. It's never a slam dunk. Everyone makes their draft gates, grades and breaks down the picks in the moment that they happen. But it's always good to remember that a draft pick is not what they do in their rookie season. A draft pick is what they do over the course of their career. You're very, very rarely drafting a player to contribute that first year or to contribute in a meaningful way that first year. If they happen to do so, Great, you did a good job. But that's not the measure of success in a draft. Certainly, that's not how we should measure how good players are. They certainly need to be able to hold their own and look like they can become players in that first year. But they don't. They shouldn't be and don't have to be relied upon to do everything. The draft is also a chance to just add talent, pure and simple. While we all look to what teams need and, and, and where players fit in the larger picture for teams themselves. That's not really what the draft is about. Draft is about simply adding talent. And yes, it helps if the player does have a pathway to playing and fits a longer-term vision. But at the end of the day, if there is a talented, talented player, a player that by your evaluation you believe can become a star, you take that player. The best player available always should win out. Maybe need affects a little bit of that, but should always win out. That's not to say need should be completely ignored. For a team like the Orlando Magic, especially where draft cap, where uh, financial capital is limited, where the Magic have limited ways to get better, the draft is an important piece of the puzzle. A piece that, frankly, Jeff Weltman has to get right. This is a piece where the Magic are trying to build something from the middle, and the margins for error in the middle are much smaller. Get a draft wrong and you've missed a big opportunity to get better. Get the draft absolutely right and all of a sudden you are a contender much faster than you believe. To me, it's hard to believe that there is that kind of player in this draft. It's hard for me to believe that there is a Danny Granger type or a Kawhi Leonard type or someone that's that slipped through the cracks enough that the Magic could get them at 15 and have their future star in waiting. There are a few guys that I really, really like that maybe have that that 
glimmer of hope, that glimmer of flash. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of work, and it's no guarantee that anyone turns into what you expect them to become. The Magic certainly have names on their list. A lot of us probably surmise who they would be. If I were looking at my big board, I would be looking at Devin Vassell and Aaron Neesmith as potential trade-up guys. Guys that I would give, give up something of value to get. But not a whole lot of value. Because I don't see either of them as potential stars. They're both valuable shooters who would help this team tremendously. But ultimately as role players. I would look at guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Kyra Lewis from Alabama as potential point guards I would move up for. Guys that I think you can pair with Markel Fultz because of their shooting and the skills that they possess. They have, they have potential stardom written all over them, but neither, frankly, are considered elite players, and I wouldn't call any of their skills elite. RJ Hampton is another guy that I think the Magic would trade, could trade up for, but someone that I think will ultimately be available for them at 15. And a supremely talented player who might have an elite skill with his speed and his ability to get to the basket off the dribble. And at his size, potentially his passing ability as a shooting guard. But his shot is concerning. Shot less than 30% in, in, in his lone season with, with New Zealand Breakers in the NBL in China, in China. And while it's encouraging to hear the work that he's put in with Mike Miller, his shot still has a long way to go. If you are looking for someone with star potential, though, I would look to RJ Hampton. The Magic may not pick any of these guys. They may go for someone else. They may go for a Jane McDaniels. They may go for a Tyrese Maxey. They may go for someone that we can't even predict yet. No one thought the Magic would draft Chumo Kiki last year. And with the Magic bringing him in, they already have a rookie to deal with and handle and let grow and develop. The draft is about opportunity, though. We'll see trades. The Magic may or may not be active. The Magic are probably active, but nothing may yet come to fruition. That's neither a good nor a bad thing. As I often say, no deal is better than a bad deal. And certainly, the prospect of trading perhaps for a veteran on an expiring contract without getting some draft compensation back is scarring for this Magic team in its recent history. Ultimately, what the Magic have to do, what the Magic have to do coming out of this draft is to cement a piece to their future. Not the piece, not the galvanizing piece, but a piece to their future. A player that they believe will be part of this team when it reaches its apex. Part of that young core that they're building with Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz and perhaps Mo Bamba and certainly Chumo Kiki. Someone that will grow alongside them, win with them, and perhaps fit together more seamlessly than the current group the Magic have. We all sense that change is coming. And it might be that this is the night when the Magic trade away a veteran that has been with this team for a very long time. Like Nikola Vucevic. Like Evan Fournier. Like Aaron Gordon. Like perhaps even Terrence Ross. This might be the night that the Magic finally pull the trigger and officially turn the page toward a new future. That day is coming inevitably. Not everyone can stay with their teams forever and all those players still have long careers ahead of them. Change is inevitable. We can see it on the timeline ahead of us. Is tonight the night that it happens? If it doesn't happen, don't assume that means the Magic are standing still. Don't assume that means the Magic didn't try. Don't assume that means 
that the Magic are satisfied with being a 7 or 8 seed. It just means there wasn't a deal to be had this night. There's still the rest of the offseason. There's still free agency. There's still the trade deadline to get something done. This is not the end of the road for the offseason. This is just the beginning. The clues to which the Magic will lay to tell us what they are planning to do and what kind of team they ultimately will be in 2021. But ultimately, the Magic do have to come out of this draft with something. Something that will matter for this team in its future. And if we want to judge whether this draft is an ultimate success for the Magic, it's in that. It's the player they take at 15 going to be a part of this team when they're grown up, when they're ready to compete on a serious level, when the project is complete. That's the question that the Magic need to answer on this night. The future is coming into clearer focus. The future is coming. It always is. Minute by minute, second by second, pick by pick. And the Magic need to embrace and discover that future. Honestly, that's what this offseason is about. That's what this offseason is really about. Beginning to create the team they ultimately want to be. That may still require patience. The Magic are not likely to do it all in one fell swoop. They are not likely to accept the 2021 season is frankly a lost season. They still want to make the playoffs. They still want to get something out of this. And so the Magic will almost certainly still put in the work to find deals that make them better in the short term, but more importantly, in the long term. No deal they make should be forget this long-term vision. In fact, should be the primary focus and primary driver of a deal. But we will wait to see what happens. We will wait to judge the Magic based on what they do. And frankly, yes, give them the time to let the results play out. Drafts are not one on draft night. Pundits who criticize a pick one day will be eating crow another. Pundits who celebrate a pick or a draft class one day will be regretting their analysis and figuring out what they did wrong or what they saw that was wrong the next time out. So what's important now is to get a player that this team truly believes in. To bank on themselves, to bet, for Jeff Weltman specifically, to bet on himself and his beliefs and his analysis and his, or his team's analysis, let's not forget them, and the work that they've put in to get to this point. We will see what those results are in due time. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you're tuned in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow us on Twitter at OMagicDaily for the latest updates from the NBA draft. I will be tweeting the draft, obviously, as I usually do. I will be at work, so I won't be as readily available, um, but I will be watching the draft very carefully and, and breaking down anything that I see on the draft. And of course, we'll be back here tomorrow to break down the Magic's draft pick with the 15th overall pick. Very, very excited for that. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.